Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. Wow, what a week. Um, I'll tell you, we are just uh, all hands on deck out here in Washington State because the timeline is coming up. If you don't have a long-term care insurance plan by November 1st of this year, you will not be able to opt out of the payroll tax that's coming starting next year in January. And I will tell you, the problem we have right now is that the carriers are so backed up that the vast majority of them have just tapped out. They said, we don't want any more applications. So that's making it very difficult. We do still have some access to some asset-based plans, and uh, we can pay those over time and some things like that. But it's been just really hectic, and I, I think every day someone's waking up and realizing, wait a second, this new tax is coming, and i got to go get long-term care insurance, and they're just now hearing about it. And it's really too bad. The state just did not prepare people for this. But it's been quite a week for us. And I'll tell you, if you're listening to me outside of Washington State, um, you know, watch your P's and Q's. Because I tell you what, I think this tax is going to start spreading across the nation. States are looking for ways to mitigate the high cost of long-term care. And where it shows up to the state is through their Medicaid budget. They're just spending you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars on Medicaid, and that number is growing so fast that they're looking for ways to offset that. So, you know, things are going to start happening, like here in Washington State, where they're just going to put a payroll tax, and they're going to force you. If you don't have long-term care insurance, we're going to tax you, and we're going to give you some meaningless benefit down the road and call it long-term care. That's really what they're doing out here. But anyway, I, I want to spend some time today um, and, and just, number one, say thank you to everybody that came to our webinar on Wednesday. It was fantastic. It was a, you know, a full house on that, that day, Wednesday at 3. So thank you for showing up to that. If you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, we do regular webinars. I'm not sure how many we're going to do here in September and October just because we're starting to lose options. So we're just going to have to see how that plays out. But on our website at 525 Long Term Care. Dot com Again, 525longtermcare.com. That's where you're going to get the resources, the information. You'll find out about our webinars. You can um, sign up for a class. You can get our podcast. You can do all that stuff at the website. And we are just going to really kind of go back to, to basics and help people understand what long-term care is. Last week, we were talking about how long-term care insurance is different than medical insurance and what you needed to know and talking about the odds that, you know, this is basically our highest risk that we face in retirement is an extended health care situation. This week, I want to transition a little bit and talk about how long-term care insurance works because I can tell you from all the calls we're getting and all the inquiries, there's a lot of people out there that have no clue on what long-term care insurance is why you need it or how it works. So I just want to, you know, peel that onion back a little bit and go back to to some of the basics on how long-term care insurance works. And first off, what is long-term care insurance? Long-term care insurance provides a tax-free stream of income to help pay for care costs that are not generally covered by medical insurance, 
Medicare or Medicaid. I talked a little bit about those government services last week. Essentially, you will be broke before the government's going to pay for any of your long-term care services. So long-term care insurance provides that tax-free stream of income, but it also provides you access to the what I call the team of professionals, the case managers, the care coordination, the claim specialists. Uh, two of our best companies that we use the most out there have a concierge-level claim support, meaning they assign somebody to you and your family. So think of them as the travel guide. We show up in a foreign country. We don't speak the language. We don't know where to stay. We don't know where to eat. And we got to solve all those problems today. And there's somebody with a sign around their neck that has your name on it, and they speak English. And they guide you through the town. Yep, you, you. This is these are the restaurants you probably want to stay away from. These are some really good ones here. This is the nice side of town, whatever it is. And that's kind of what these concierge service people do when a claim is fired or, or filed. They are going to help you and your family manage that situation. They're going to be sitting on the same table as you. They're not the insurance company telling you, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to go get three x-rays before we'll do an MRI. They are there to help you get the help that you need and and just be a resource for you. So that's another benefit that comes with long-term care insurance. So the idea is we have this tax-free stream of money coming in to pay for the care, make sure that care is funded, but we also have the resources to make sure that care is managed, to make sure that we're getting the best level of care, and that's going to come with the long-term care insurance. So those are two key things you need to to, to remember that the idea of insurance is to make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need so your family doesn't have to deal with all that. Now, long-term care insurance pays for a wide variety of services, and I want to spend some time now talking about that. By far, in this country, three out of four dollars that an insurance company pays out, they are paying for what we call custodial care. Custodial care is the care that we provide our loved ones when we go over and help mom or dad or we take move in uh, mom or dad with us. We're providing them custodial care. Custodial care is the help we need getting through the day. It is not medical in nature. It, you don't need a nurse to provide custodial care. Custodial care is about you know transferring and, and bathing and dressing and meal preparation and lighthouse work and things like that that we need just to get through the day to to have the independence um, to, to live in our own place. So it's really long-term care is a safety issue when you think of it. You, you get to a point where you're not really safe on your own, but if you have somebody there to, to kind of help out and watch out for you, then, yeah, you can stay in your house and you can be independent, and that's what custodial care is. Now, custodial care, I think, is often misunderstood. There are wide ranges of uh, custodial care and the demands that custodial care takes. We think, oh, I can help you out, Mom. I'll come over and cook a meal or whatever or clean up the house and mow the yard or whatever. But that's not what custodial care really is. If you think of the day in and day out, the transferring, the um, the, the medicine, the management of the medicine, all those things that go on in a custodial care situation, and then who is the person receiving care? If I am helping my mom transfer out of a chair and get to the car and she weighs 110 pounds, that's a lot different than if I'm trying to lug somebody that weighs 300 pounds that can't get out of bed or can't get out of a chair. That's going to be much more physical demanding. So 
if you are taking care of someone maybe with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, and so now all of a sudden they are not on a regular sleep pattern, that's going to be a lot more demanding both physically and emotionally when you're up every couple hours versus maybe you're helping someone that's recovering from a stroke and they are sleeping 14 hours a day and they're very, you know, they're in the same place and they're, you're just checking on them every once in a while. So custodial care, there's a wide range of physical and emotional demands on it. But the number one, the number one thing that insurance pays for by far is custodial care. That's having those services, the people to come in and help you get through the day. And if you don't have family members to do that for you, most people assume their family members are going to do it. But if you don't have family members or your family members aren't prepared to do it or don't live close to you, that's where you would bring in one of these home health care services. So that's what we call custodial care. But let's move down the list here. We're talking about what long-term care insurance pays for. So number one is custodial care. But next, we go to skilled care. So so think of skilled nursing care. Um, We have a client that's actually at home right now getting 24-7 care. So between his, his wife and his daughter, and then they have a nurse that comes in for eight hours a day. He has got a very complex health issue, situation going on. He's on a on a, a respirator. He's got complex medicines that he's got to take different hours throughout the day. He's got to have some blood work done. And so there's part of that that has to be done by skilled nursing care. So long-term care is going to pay for that. It doesn't mean he has to go to a nursing home and live in a nursing home. If he can bring that help into his home, that skilled nursing care into his house, he can do that. So long-term care will pay for skilled care as well, too. It will also pay for things like therapy care. Um, My grandmother, for instance, had physical therapy done a couple times a week in her house when she started her long-term care journey. And then when she moved to the assisted living facility, she continued to get her physical therapy there. So long-term care will pay for, you know, when you think about the occupational therapy, the speech therapy, the physical therapy uh, therapy that somebody would need after a stroke, long-term care insurance is gonna pay for that as well too. And then help with personal care. I think people forget about this. Um, personal care is, 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 we think of the, the custodial personal care. Well, personal care can be everything from dressing and bathing and things. that That's part of the custodial care. But it also can be help with managing bills, uh, help with grocery shopping, that white housework, the laundry, the things that we need inside the house. Long-term care insurance will pay for that as well, too. And finally, housing expenses. If I move from my house to an assisted living facility, for instance, now that long-term care insurance is going to pay the rent, they're going to pay the taxes, they're going to pay the cable television bill, they're going to pay the food, they're going to pay the laundry. Everything is underneath that umbrella falls into long-term care insurance. So that's a great way to think about it. If I'm in my home, I'm paying for the care that's coming into my house to assist me throughout the day. But once I move into an assisted living facility or a continuing care retirement center or some type of even adult family home, long-term care insurance will pay the entire bill. So that's the housing expense that they will pay for that way. So um, we're going to head into our first break real quick and stick around when we come back. We're going to continue the discussion and talk about where long-term care insurance will cover the expenses. We'll be right back. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 
Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. You can sign up for one of his upcoming live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. Brian will teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Sign up for one of Brian's live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. It's free to attend, and you'll learn so much. Brian's class was a real eye-opener for my wife and me. Long-term care is so important. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back. Um, This is Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. And by the way, if you ever miss any of these, you can just get your smart speaker to play them. You can uh, find them on our website at 525longtermcare.com. Um, I think iTunes has them, so the podcasts are put out there by our uh, radio team, so you can get them. And this is just a kind of a continuation from last week's episode, and we're just really talking a little bit today about how long-term care insurance works. And again, there's so many people that are out there trying to figure this out now because the state of Washington says you've got to get a plan here by November 1st or you're going to end up being taxed. And so all of a sudden, everybody's trying to figure this out, and a lot of people don't even really understand what it is or why the state's going to tax them for it. But we just talked about what is covered under long-term care. So again, custodial care, number one. But again, skilled care, therapy care, help with personal care, housing, it's all covered by the long-term care insurance. And so that money comes to you tax-free to pay for those services, whether it's in your home or other places. And that's what we're going to talk about right now, where long-term care insurance pays for care. And right now, what I want you to understand is that Long-term care insurance is really nursing home avoidance insurance. The path to a nursing home is pretty straightforward. Someone's health is compromised. They need help. They start burning through their resources. Their family tries to take care of them. Their family can't manage all the care they need. They're trying to bring in a home health care aid. That doesn't work out. They Finally, they run out of money. They call Medicaid. Medicaid's going to step in, and they're going to send somebody out to your house. But if the family can't provide the care and it becomes an unsafe environment, they're going to take you and they're going to put you in a nursing home because most of the adult family homes and the assisted living facilities don't accept Medicaid reimbursement unless you've already been in there for three or four years and self-funded. So it becomes very, very difficult, and that's how people end up in nursing homes. And it used to be the path, like my great-grandmother went from her house to the nursing home the last year of her life. There was no in-between. And so that's when long-term care insurance was really developed is back in the 70s because nursing homes were expensive then too. But that has changed. We have all these different places today that we can age 
And the idea of long-term care insurance is to stay in control of your life and where you want to be. Make the last years your best years, not the worst years, not stuck in some nursing home somewhere because that's where the government puts you. So today we call it nursing home avoidance. These plans are called comprehensive, meaning they pay for care in a wide variety of areas. The number one place that people trigger a claim, they start receiving benefits, is in their own home. In fact, statistics bear out it's about 72 to 73% of the people that trigger a long-term care event start their journey in their own home, just like my grandmother did. She started having people come in a few hours, a few days a week in her home so that she could stay in her home. So long-term care insurance today, the plans are comprehensive. They pay for care in your home, which if we go out there and we survey people statistically, you know, it's 95% of the people will say they want to age in their own home. That's just the reality. That's where we want to be. So remember, it pays for care in your home first and foremost. That's why we have it. Now, we're going to get to a point in our lives, like my grandmother did, for a lot of cases where as your need starts to grow, maybe it gets to the point where you're bringing in people a few hours a day, then pretty soon it's eight hours a day, and then pretty soon you need somebody 10 or 12 hours a day, and it's going to become cost you know, prohibitive to have those, those people in. You can spend $20,000 a month having 24-7 caregivers in your house. So you then start looking for alternatives. Where can I go? And so long-term care insurance is going to follow you. And it will pay for things like an adult daycare. Adult daycare is where maybe you go spend six, four, six, eight hours a day and then come back home. Long-term care insurance will pay for that. It will pay for assisted living facilities. That's where my grandmother went. She went from her home to an assisted living facility. So an assisted living facility, generally think of these as facilities that are going to have you know, 10 or more at least, um, like in Washington State, adult family home, we'll get to in a second, is, is, is six or less. But assisted living facilities generally, you know, maybe 150, 200, 400. There's some pretty big ones out there. But they're usually anywhere from a, you know, a studio apartment to a two or three bedroom apartment. And you're going to have a kind of a whole campus there. And you're going to have all the resources that you need there. You're going to have the 24-7 caregivers. You're going to have the cafeteria, the food preparation, all those things. My grandmother's place had, you know, a gym. They had a swimming pool. They had a big ballroom. They had Friday night social. That was all part of the assisted living. And then she had her own little apartment that was just connected, you know, down the hallway to the right. So assisted living facilities are covered by long-term care insurance. The next thing that we can talk about is continuing care retirement centers. So there's a wide variety of continuing care retirement centers. Some of them you can buy into. Some of them will have a guaranteed rate saying that you can move in here, maybe into the townhome on the outer edge. We have skilled nursing in the center part of the campus. You can go anywhere in between from the assisted living to the skilled nursing, and we're going to charge a flat rate per month, and then that's going to be indexed with inflation a little bit your long-term care insurance will pay that cost for long-term care. Long-term care will also pay for nursing homes, which again, nobody wants to go to a nursing home. You get put in a nursing home. But there are some situations where you need that skilled nursing care and you have to go to a nursing home. Well, that's what long-term care insurance is for. It's going to pay for that as well too. But again, out of the people that have long-term care insurance, they start at home almost Three, three out of four people, about 70% of those people are able to age in home. And then most people go from there maybe to an adult family home or assisted living, spend maybe a little bit of time in a nursing home. But if you have a really complex medical situation, you might end up in a nursing home. Long-term care insurance is going to pay for that. And so now you have the options to say, well, 
I'm going to be in the nice nursing home as opposed to the Medicaid nursing home. And there's a night and day difference if you haven't been out there and looked at them. I had an aunt that was in a Medicaid nursing home. She had two roommates that was so... They had so many people, it was overflowing. It was just busting at the seams. They had people sitting in the hallway in wheelchairs. My aunt had three people in her room. That's what you're trying to avoid because there are some really nice nursing homes out there. Long-term care will pay for that. It will also pay for hospice care. It will also pay for special care facilities. So a special care facility is going to be a facility that maybe a special memory clinic. And people ask me, you know, who ends up there? Well, a textbook case with that would be early onset Alzheimer's, uh, especially for men, because men will, you know, you have Alzheimer's and your memory's gone, but you still, you know, you're still physically fit. You want to go home. You don't want to be put anywhere. You don't want to be kept anywhere. So the special memory clinics, it's they're really designed for, for, for people that have severe cases of Alzheimer's or dementia, and they got a special staff that's going to be trained, that's going to know how to work for that. They're very expensive in most cases because they have to have extra security, but Long-term care insurance will pay for that as well, too. So the takeaways, what I want you to understand is that long-term care is not a location. It's an event, meaning that once you trigger your claim, you can receive care at home, adult family home, adult daycare, assisted living, continuing care retirement center. You can move into your kid's house and bring those care workers into their um, house. It doesn't matter. You are not limited buy a location with long-term care insurance today. These plans are called comprehensive. They're going to go wherever you go. And I always kind of joke when I teach my class that somebody's going to figure this out and open up a big cruise ship that's a long-term care facility. And then, you know, everybody's grandkids will want to go see grandma because she's on a cruise ship going through the Mediterranean or something. So um, long-term care will follow you. So as long as it's a, a licensed facility, they will pay for care in that location. And one of the things I just touched on, triggering a claim, what I want you to understand is that how you trigger a claim for long-term care insurance, how do you start receiving that money? There's one of two ways. You're either going to be diagnosed with a cognitive impairment, so that would be Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, severe memory loss. It's just that when you, that's going to be you need some standby assistance because of cognitive issues. And the second way you're going to get there is just think of a stroke victim. When you get to the point where you're unable to perform two out of six activities of daily living, and that's transferring, toileting, bathing, dressing, eating, or continence. So it could be any two of those. It's what we do every day. We get out of bed, we go to the bathroom, we take a shower, we make something to eat, you know, we get dressed, and we find a bathroom by ourselves when we need one. So when you need help with any two of those, you are going to trigger a claim. And those plans are all standard that way. So there's no difference between carrier X and carrier A. It's going to be triggered the same way. So that's just a little bit about, you know, what's covered, where it's covered, understanding long-term care insurance. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to introduce you to Mark, Sandy, and Allison. This is our client of the week. And I'm going to show you how the parents set up a plan for their daughter. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. 
The fact is, most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525LongTermCare.com. That's 525LongTermCare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them. Visit 525LongTermCare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525LongTermCare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio, and thanks for tuning in this week. Boy, i got to tell you, I cannot believe it's the middle of August. Uh, just getting ready to take my son out to college here next week. We're going to uh, take him out to Colorado State University, electrical engineering uh, major. I don't, he, he got the... He got the brains from his mom, obviously, because that's a tough degree. So we're excited. We're going to get him out there. But I can't believe we're, you know, football starting this weekend, I think, preseason. So um, get ready for that. I hope that comes together for uh, everybody this year because it's been such, I don't know, I think everybody just wants to get back to some kind of normalcy in their lives. So I hope we get there. But um you know, every week I try to bring in a client of the week, and a client of the week is just an example of how we helped somebody solve a problem, which, and the problem is, I, I you know, how do I protect myself from a, a, an extended healthcare event? And that's the long-term care planning that we're doing for them. And this week, it's, it's very interesting. I've, I've done this a few times for my clients. Um, Mark and Sandy were clients of mine in the past, and we had put a plan together for them. And they called me recently, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they contacted me recently about their daughter, Allison. Allison is 41. She's single. She has an 8-year-old daughter. 
And Mark and Sandy were concerned at the fact that she's just got a promotion this last year. She's been working really hard, and she, they're like, you know, she's just getting to the point where she's going to be able to start making some some good money and start getting ahead and and buy a house and do all those things that she wants to do. But she's also going to be taxed now with this new payroll tax for long term care. And we talked about it, said, yeah, you know, we could get a traditional plan. She could do this or that. But she didn't have any offerings through work. There were no group plans for her to get out of this. So they were trying to figure out a way to maybe help her get out of that that tax. Well, that was part of it. The other issue that Mark and Sandy had is they just had some family friends that ended up moving their adult son in with them after he was in a horrible car crash. And he is still living with them, and they are being the caregivers for him. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, we never really thought of this. We always thought of long-term care situation as something way out in the future. And I said, yeah, you know, that's that's statistically a third of the people that file claims with long-term care insurance companies are under age 65. Because things like that happen, car accidents, cancer, uh, all kinds of autoimmune diseases, whatever it is, they can just spring up and put somebody in a situation where they need help from others. And that's what long-term care is. It's not about being old. It's about needing help from others. So that was a concern of theirs. So they came to us and they said, look, you know, Allison's probably, this isn't her top priority. She's not really in a position. She can maybe buy a little traditional plan. The problem is the little traditional plans are gone now. I don't even have a carrier that's writing those plans in, in the state of Washington right now until November because we had such an influx of really small deals going in and the carrier said these aren't suitable coverage for anybody. So they just, they're backed up and they're overwhelmed. So they've just shut off the spigot, so to speak. So we start talking about this. Well, yeah, okay, so we do have some options, but we're somewhat limited, but we do have the asset base. And so Mark and Sandy said, look, we're going to leave our estate to our daughter. She's our only daughter anyway. So if we could move some money today, can we buy her a plan and put a plan in place for her? Is that something that we could do? And it would be a gift to their daughter. And I said, absolutely. And we can certainly do that. But let's let's talk about that for just a second here. Um Parents can purchase a plan for their kids, or kids can purchase a plan for their parents. So if you want to buy long-term care insurance for your parents, you could do that, or vice versa. Parents can buy plans for their kids. They can buy an asset-based plan, which means there's some other value in that policy. When I say asset-based, it just simply means that it's not just pure risk long-term care insurance anymore. Now there's some other value there. If you don't use it, someone's going to get some money back. So there's always an asset in that plan. And if you buy an asset-based plan, you can pay for that plan or you can own that plan. And there's those are two distinct things. The payer is just the person that's writing the check. The owner is the person that owns the, the contract. The insured is the third party. If I go out and buy my own plan, I'm all three of those. I own the contract, I'm the person that paid for it, and I'm the insured. However, I could go out and buy a contract for my son. I could buy a a long-term care insurance plan for him, and I can own it. He can be the insured, and I can be the payer, or we can split. We can each pay. It doesn't matter. So there's, there's different things you can do there. So just understand that. The owner is the person that controls the contract, so they can change the beneficiary. They are the ones that actually, like, I own a life insurance policy on both my kids. When they were born, I took them out. I own them. I pay into those that someday I will give it to them and then they will be owners. But right now I control that contract. I can borrow the money out of the policy. I'm the one that can change the beneficiary. I'm the one that has control of the contract. The only thing you can't do is you can't change the insured. You can't like randomly change the insured because that person was medically underwritten for that contract. 
but the owner is the person that controls that contract, and they also control the surrender value. So these asset-based plans, if you cancel them, there'll be some value in the plan. And so the owner is the one that controls that. The payer is just simply the person that pays it. So why would you want to own a policy versus just pay for it for your daughter? So the question is, why would would it be better for Mark and Sally to own the contract or to just write a check and give it to Allison? Well, number one, again, if you just pay for it and Allison, the daughter, is the owner, well, then she could just cancel the contract down the road and take the money out of it. And, and you know, I don't know if they're, they're going to do that or she would do that, but she could. She would have the flexibility to do that. She would also be in control of the beneficiary who would get the death benefit. So that's one of the big differences. If you own it, you control that beneficiary, you control all those aspects of it. And also it avoids any gifting issues, meaning that if you just write a check for 100000 to somebody, well, then you got to check with your CPA. Am I in violation of gifting issues? What's going on there? But you're not doing that. If you own the contract, your daughter is the insured, well, there's no gifting issues there for the IRS. So those are some of the things to kind of keep control. I, I think part of it is just really mentally what you want to wrap around is if you own that contract you are the one that can dictate you know where the benefits are going to go and that's the big key important thing out here because if someone just writes the check to their kid and puts that policy in place and then the kid goes out and cancels you know life insurance happens all the time they go cash take all the cash value out of that policy or they just cancel it they could certainly do it now you do have to have an insurable interest to own a contract on somebody so you can't go insure your neighbor's kid but you can insure your kid or you can insure your parents there has to be what the insurance companies call an insurable interest so we talked to mark and sandy i said yes you can own a contract you can do an asset-based plan you guys can actually own it your daughter can be the one that's insured you can control the beneficiary you can do all those things and make sure that the policy doesn't get canceled and so it would be your asset so to speak if something happened to your daughter then the money would come back to you and he thought well that's a great idea so what we started doing is looking at saying okay what are you really trying to accomplish here for your daughter well Mark said, look, I, I'm willing to write a check for $100,000. I don't want to make payments over time. I, I'm in a position I could just deposit $100,000 into an account and just be done. That's what I would prefer to do. I don't want to make ongoing payments. I said, great, we can do that. And so there's two different types of policies out there on the asset base. There's the cash or the indemnity policies, which just going to pay Allison a check every month if she triggers a claim. The problem with that is we're limited to about six or seven years of coverage. There's zero claim support, meaning she's just going to get a check. She's not going to get any of that concierge-level service to help her. But she can pay family members, so that's the cash benefit plan. And then the opposite, the, the choice of that is the reimbursement type of plan, and that's what we had set up for Mark and Sally a few years ago. Reimbursement is for formal care only, meaning I can't pay a family member, but it's full concierge claim support, meaning I have access to the claim support, the case managers, the care coordinators, I've got that person assigned to me that's going to help my family and guide me through that care situation. I've got unlimited benefits on those plans if I want, and I don't have to do any of the paperwork. Remember, on the cash benefit plans, you've got to keep all the record keeping. If the IRS comes and audits you, they say, where's that money going? You've got to be able to show them. That burden is passed on to the insurance company when you have a reimbursement plan. So we looked at those options, and the bottom line is Mark said, you know, we don't need the cash plan. She's not going to be paying family member. What we want is the best claim support. We want a good, meaningful plan that's going to give her some meaningful coverage. And I said, okay, let's look at that then. Let's look at the reimbursement plan. Let's look at the plan that I personally have myself. 
So what we ended up doing is we took that $100,000 and we deposited it with the insurance company. What that's going to do is it's going to provide Allison with an unlimited long-term care benefit. That means if she triggers a claim today, she's 41, she triggers a claim tomorrow, she's 42, and she's on claim for 40 years, she will never, ever run out of long-term care insurance. That check will show up just like a pension month in and month out. She has $115,000 a year for the rest of her life. That breaks down to a little over $9,600 a month. It also gives her $19,000 for caregiver training. So that's a family members need to learn how to do do, um, medicine management or take a class on Alzheimer's or something like that. It gives her $19,000 for medical equipment and home improvement. You know, I just was talking to a client this week. You know, wife got in a car accident. She is paralyzed now. She's a paraplegic. So if something like that happens and all of a sudden you need a wheelchair ramp, you need grab handles, you need to make some adjustments to your house to make your house, you know, a safe environment to age in, you have that extra $19,000. It's got a zero-day waiting uh, period for home and community care, meaning that she doesn't have to go through a 90-day elimination period. She has concierge-level claim support. And think about this. If she goes out and gets in a car accident, her parents know that she's covered. They're watching their friends go through that. If she develops cancer, she's covered. If she heals up from that and then 30 years later she ages into a long-term care situation, guess what? She's got a lifetime benefit. So, again, just wonderful plan. That's what I love about these lifetime benefits. That's why I have one myself for a younger person is – we could get an accident, we could heal up, and then we can need it later in life, and we're not worried about using up that bucket of money and being you know, out of long-term care insurance when we're in our later years of our life. So that's what's nice about these benefits. The other thing that's great about this plan, a single deposit of $100,000, it's got a $240,000 guarantee return to the estate. And what that is, this insurance company calls it the face amount. The IRS looks at it, it's just structured as a tax-free death benefit. So that $100,000 deposit today, if Allison goes out and gets hit by the bus tomorrow and she's gone, that $240,000 is paid back to the estate tomorrow. There's no waiting period for that. That's the death benefit. That's the portion of this long-term care contract that's guaranteed to come back to the estate tax-free. Now, if Allison goes on claim and she only uses $40,000 of long-term care and then passes away, $200,000 is still paid back to the estate. So when you see those death benefits or face amounts or specific amounts, a lot of companies call them. They have all these different names for them. It's just the IRS just looks at it as a death benefit. We're guaranteeing that at least $240,000 is going back to the estate in either basically in either, either long-term care, in death benefit, or a combination of both. So Mark and Sandy right now are the beneficiaries of that. They set it up. They own the contract. If something happens to their daughter, their estate's going to get paid back. But they have the right now to change that. They can make their granddaughter the beneficiary when she turns 18, or they can make a trust the beneficiary and set a trust up for the granddaughter. Whatever happens, they know that $100,000 they put into this plan is going to turn into $240,000 to the estate that can support either them or the granddaughter, whatever it is. And imagine how powerful that is if something tragic happened to Allison. She's got an eight-year-old daughter. It's like, well, they have another quarter million dollars now that they can use to help the granddaughter for college and housing and all those kind of things that are going to come up in her life. Now, look what we really did here. This, this is what's just so wonderful about these plans. They took a portion of the estate, the parents, and they said, look, we're going to give this to the daughter. We're going to just, instead of giving her $100,000, we're going to buy our long-term care insurance plan. She now has $115,000 a year of protection for the rest of her life should she need it. That money comes in tax-free, 
and she's got all that claim support. So the parents, if the parents are gone, they don't have to worry about their daughter getting the care. If the parents are alive, the parents don't have to worry about being the caregivers. They can manage or, or be part of that solution, but they don't have to actually provide the care for the daughter. And they know that their granddaughter is protected as well, too, because long, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, when Mark and Sally are gone and Allison ends up in a long-term care situation, they know their granddaughter is not going to end up being the caregiver for her mom because she's got this lifetime long-term care benefit. So there's just a lot of protection all the way around. And if you look at this, they're guaranteed to get almost two and a half times back what they put in. That's the return on the investment. That's guaranteed. That's pretty good. And it's because Allison is so young. And think of it this way, too. Allison was going to be paying pretty close to about $500 in taxes this year alone on this new Long-Term Care Trust Act, and that tax is going to go up, and even if it doesn't go up, what's going to happen as her salary increases and her income goes up, she's going to be paying more and more each year into this tax because it's on all wages, all bonuses, all stock uh, units that you get from your company, you're going to be taxed on. So even at $500... They put $100,000 in. It saves Allison $500. That $500 is a 5% return. Now, think about that. That 5% on that $100,000, instead of it going to the government, it's going to Allison. It's going to their daughter and to their granddaughter. That's money that she's keeping in her checking account. And, folks, when you're a single mom and you have an 8-year-old daughter, 500 bucks a year is real money. That can do a lot of stuff. And so... That's what's so powerful about this thing. And then next year, when, when, when Allison's getting those raises, and maybe she's paying 700 or 800 or she gets to that point where she's making a couple hundred thousand a year, and she's, she's got to pay $1,300 in tax, guess what? That's a 13% return on that $100,000. So every year, that return on that investment, that 100000 is just going to keep creeping up. So I just thought it was a wonderful way to find a, a solution to the, not only this tax, but get their daughter something meaningful. To prepare. It's going to protect the parents. It protects Allison. It's going to protect their granddaughter, and they're guaranteed to get more money back. And, folks, you can do this if you have adult children and you plan on leaving them some inheritance. This is one way you can do it because that money's coming back either way, but this way you can get some meaningful protection in place. So. I'm going to take a breath and go come up for air. And when we come back, we're going to finish up the show today. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. You can sign up for one of his upcoming live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. Brian will teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Sign up for one of Brian's live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. It's free to attend, and you'll learn so much. Brian's class was a real eye-opener for my wife and me. Long-term care is so important. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 
For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio, and thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, I tell you, again, um, just I love the client of the week. I get amped up. I look down at my timer going off, and it's beeping at me, telling me you need to wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, get into the next segment. But I always just... You just I, I love bringing this, this these stories to the radio because you have to understand you are in control of your long term care planning. It is not going out and buying a box of cereal. You are actually designing a plan. There's lots of ways to do it. This was just such a wonderful solution. I mean, there's we've actually helped multiple parents buy a plan for their kids, and I will just tell you what I just think it's one of the best gifts you can give. Because I got to admit, it, it you know, 35, 40 year old adult, there's probably other priorities. They're not thinking about long term care insurance. They're thinking, well, I need a car, I need a house, um, I need to go on vacation, I need to, I need life insurance, I need disability insurance. There's all these other priorities, of course. Long term care is not one of them. But when you look at what long-term care planning does for a young person is it really protects them and their family because that's what people don't get. They, they look at these these people that are disabled. They end up getting injured on the job or something. Well, disability, that's just a different name for long-term care situations. All of a sudden, you're to the point where I need help now. I, I need help getting through the day. I have a client that had a stroke at age 42. Uh, great guy. He was just super fit. He's from Colorado. We real kind of bonded over that. He uh, went to school in Gunnison. But he just came in. He was very honest. He said, look, I had a stroke. I had to learn to, to walk and talk and do all these things. He was a super healthy guy. And he healed up. And he's in his 50s. We ended up being able to get him a plan, a lifetime plan. But just, you know, he was just awestruck. He goes, man, if I would have had this plan when I had the stroke, it would have been just very, very meaningful and very powerful. It would have really helped a lot. So that, you know, statistically, we look at it, we say, oh, the odds of that aren't that high. But again, it doesn't matter what the statistics are. If it happens to you, gosh, it's just, you know, it's when the house burns down, you got to look at the magnitude, even though statistically, it's not going to happen when it, it does. So these plans are just wonderful. So think about that. And, and again, the state's forcing us to do this and other states are coming out with this. And there are a lot of options out there on putting plans in place. And the earlier you are, 
the younger you are, I'm sorry, the, 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 the better options you're going to have. And that's one of the questions I get. I just had a, a webinar on Wednesday this week, and everybody was asking me, I always get this question. It's like, when's the best time to put a plan in? Right now, people feel like they're forced because the state's going to start taxing them. But really, the best time to put a plan in place is when you're healthy and you can you know, you can afford something. And it doesn't have to be a grandiose plan. My very first plan that I took out was in my 40s. It was just a traditional pay-as-you-go plan. I had four years of coverage. That was it. And then when I rolled into my 50s, I was in a better situation. I added an asset-based plan with a lifetime benefit for myself and my wife. And now that's our main plan. And I'm going to let my traditional plan go, but I've carried both of those for the last several years. And now my, my asset-based plan, I put the inflation rider on it. It's grown. I'm comfortable where it is. It's lifetime. So I'm going to let my traditional plan go. I'm not going to pay those premiums anymore. And people say, well, you just wasted all that money. I'm like, well, no, I didn't waste all that money. I actually was covered for all those years. If I would have gotten a car wreck, I would have fallen out of the, the, the tree with my chainsaw because I do things like that, I would have been covered. And that's what insurance does. So the best time to get it is when you're young and healthy because our biggest risk as we go through life is becoming uninsurable. Half of Americans in this country will not qualify for long-term care insurance. If you take out the third of the America that's obese, they automatically are not going to qualify because there's no carriers that will write them. They, everybody has a BMI, so height and weight, they're going to look at that. And so, and then you have other people that have you know, MS or autoimmune diseases or something, and they develop those early on that are uninsurable. So you've got to get it. You, your health is what allows you to get long-term care insurance. The premiums are what keep it in force, but it's your health that actually allows you to get that. So keep that in mind because a lot of people will ask us that. Um, I want to give everybody a quick update, too, on the Washington State uh, Act. I think they, uh, they still don't have the website up, but we're thinking October so for those of you that have long-term care insurance or for those of you that are self-employed, you will be able to opt out of the payroll tax. And what's going to happen is you're going to go to the website, you're going to fill out the information, you're going to attest that um, you have long-term care insurance, and they haven't let us know what they're going to ask for. They may ask for, they're going to ask for some kind of proof of that insurance, but you're going to file that, and then you're going to wait for the state to send you a letter and that letter is what you're going to take to your employer and say, look, I have long-term care insurance. I do not have to pay the tax. Now, here's the catch. If you have insurance and you file to the state to opt out, you have all of next year to opt out. So it's going to, when it, hopefully October they get the website up. I will let everybody know. But once they have that website up, you've got to file, but then you have to wait for the state. So people are going to be filing in October, November, December. Well, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's just going to be a cluster. I will tell you there, from what I read, they were going to open up this website. They were going to hire 12 to 14 people. They were expecting 95,000 people to file to opt out. I think that number is going to be three times or four times that because you're starting to see a lot of chatter out there, a lot of advisors. If you have long-term care insurance and you live in Colorado, I would opt out of the Washington state tax. I would do it right now, even if I didn't think I was going to Washington, because if you get a job here five years down the road, you would have to pay that tax if you're not opted out of the system. So there's a lot of loopholes and flaws in that. So I think a lot of people need to realize they need to just go ahead and opt out. Even if you're not working, you should still opt out because if you go get a job down the road, you can't go out and say, oh, well, I had insurance back in 2019 and I've, since then. And so I, I, I had it before the law went in effect. I'm like, well, you didn't opt out, so you've got to pay the tax. So just be aware of that. We're going to have a webinar on that 
how to opt out, but that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to go through those steps. You're going to have to test. And so what's going to happen is if you don't get the letter back by January of next year, your employer's got to legally start collecting the tax. And so if your letter shows up in February, you're going to pay the tax January, February, March, because it's, it goes at a quarter at a time. And so you'll get that letter, and then you get to opt out starting the next quarter. So you have all the way to the end of December 2022 to get that letter back from the state. But a lot of people are probably going to end up paying tax for part of next year because I think the state's going to be backed up. But just be aware of that's how that's going to work. Um, I do not have any webinars on the calendar yet. Again, where it's just such a mess here. We're trying to wait for the dust to settle. We'll probably get something on here in September. So, but check our website. Uh, we've got lots of resources on that. Fill out the pre-screen. Our process is listed there. If we can help anybody out, we'll be glad to. We've got limited options, but we're still doing the best we can to try to get people some coverage before this new law happens. You can reach us at 525longtermcare.com. Again, 525longtermcare.com. Enjoy this end of summer. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free long-term care planning class, visit 525longtermcare.com. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 to Long-Term Care Radio with your host, Brian Ott, on Cairo Radio, 105.5 FM and 